Hello, we have on the podcast today, Ariel Lee, who is a former client of mine and a current NFL cheerleader with the Top Cats, that is with the Carolina Panthers. And on the podcast, there was a lot that she went over from not being in the fitness industry at all to becoming a personal trainer and fitness instructor to her journey to pro to wanting to do certain things as a child and having the influence of her parents kind of guiding her in one direction instead of a direction where she wanted to go and ultimately following her dream as she got older and just a lot of really good advice that I think if you are wanting to audition for a team and you maybe felt discouraged after your first year, maybe you didn't make it or you haven't made it for a while, then I think Ariel's story is going to really inspire you to get up and schedule your life and find some time to train because we talk, we do talk about that as well. Finding time to train and she's a busy person. And even when we were training together, there were a lot of times where I was like, wow, you have a full, full schedule. How do you eat? How do you sleep? But she made, she still made time for it. And if she can do it, then you can too. And one of the things I loved about her is how, how much of a great work ethic she had. And she gets into a lot. We get into a lot on this, this episode as well. Just talking about body image and how the pro chair industry has changed to be more of a healthy, healthier dancer instead of putting the emphasis on how you look and what you weigh. So I really want you to tune in and take some notes because you're going to need them. And this is part of a new client story series that I'm going to do, but Ariel's the first one. She is one of my former clients. Her life motto is, all things work together for good. And I totally think that's a great quote to have in the back of your mind when you're going through an audition process. And I just want to leave with saying that one of the biggest biggest takeaways from this episode was when she talked about compartmentalization. And that's one of the biggest lessons that she said she's learned. And I'll let her speak on it. But taking one step at a time with everything is kind of how you can get to that big goal. And you can reach and you can get over to that the next side of the mountain or reach the top of the mountain. So I want you to think about that as you listen and as you are training, compartmentalize. You don't have to do all things at once. Take it one step at a time, one day at a time, one minute at a time, okay? I hope you enjoyed this episode with my former client, Ariel Lee and current Top Cat. Enjoy. All right, so we have Ariel Lee today. Ariel is currently a professional cheerleader in her rookie season as a Top Cat. She's a proud UNC Chapel Hill grad, go Heels, and a full-time personal trainer at West Cup Secret in Charlotte. 
Her dream to become a professional cheerleader in the Carolinas originated when she was in college. And the journey to making the team was, as some might say, imperfect. I love that, by the way. <laughs> After preparing for auditions with one-on-one -on -one sessions with yours truly, attending local prep uh, pro prep classes and asking veterans for feedback. Her dream was finally realized when she became a 2023 top cat. Welcome, Ariel, to the Imperfect Cheerleader Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. So I know just from working with you and being around you for a long time, I've 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 learned who you are and the type of person that you are and where you come from. So I want to know, since being, you know, since making the team, the Top Cats for the Panthers, how has your life changed since becoming a pro cheerleader? Oh, wow. That's a huge question. I feel like my life has got nothing but fuller um, in all the best ways. I know that the audition prep journey can sometimes be kind of lonely, um, especially if you're a professional and you're working a job where no one really like gets what you're trying to do on the outside. It's, it's hard to not feel like you don't have like a connected dance network um, of people that are chasing the same goals as you. And um, since making a team, you kind of get thrown into a family that people have either been on the team for years and years. And then there's also other new faces like yourself and everyone has been so welcoming. I feel like, you know, your network instantly expands of friends, of people in different industries. Um, and then you're spending so much time together doing rehearsals, events, appearances, and all of the good stuff that you imagine when you dream about being on a, on a pro team. So you've been enjoying it so far. I, I take it. <laughs> oh it. When I say like, I posted on my Instagram, like after one game, like a photo from a game. And I wrote like, the only caption was, it was all worth it. Because oh. the moments when like you're out there, like my journey was long, not as long as others, um, but definitely not short um, to making it to this point. And sometimes you look back and you're like, it all makes sense. And it was all worth it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. The work is worth it, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So give us a brief synopsis of your approach, your journey. How did you start and what even made you want to become a pro cheerleader in the first place? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of elements to it, but I would say when I was getting finishing up high school, thinking about college teams that I would want to be on, I got really intimidated, to be honest. I was looking at some of the requirements, talking to other girls that had been on college dance teams, um, and I knew like a local school near me had like an eight-minute mile requirement for fitness. Um, I knew a lot of the college teams required a lot of tricks that I didn't know how to do. And I was like, all right, well, I can, I can get it together. Um, and when I tried to prepare for college dance team auditions, I got intimidated by the fitness aspect. I was intimidated by not having a competition background. Um, and I kind of just prepped that summer between, um, uh, my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college. And then I just didn't audition because I got too scared. And then I think about my sophomore year, I considered auditioning for a college team again um and I talked to some girls that had been on the team and they kind of talked me back out of it um so long story short I ended up in the fitness industry and once I did I kind of understood post-college you know we all grow up dancing and we're all doing our craft all the time and staying in shape that way we get to college and 
no one's telling you to do your pirouettes or to do kicks across the floor or teaching you routines. Um, so I kind of navigated how to keep dancing with rec uh, teams at school and um, work on my fitness in, a, in different ways. Um, and I had talked to some girls that were like, oh, I'm going to go to the Panthers prep clinic. And I was like, the Panthers? Like in Charlotte? <laughs> they were like, yeah, you should come. And I was like, oh gosh, no, 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 no way. But the idea really excited me. Um, I, after a lot of personal growth and understanding, you know, myself and what was healthy for me, both body-wise and mentally um, through college, I realized I'm the only one that held myself back from having that um, game day experience uh, from following my dreams of being on the sidelines and cheering on um, a football team both in college and professionally. And I reflected and I was like, you know what? I held myself back when I was in college. The pro world is still out there and this doesn't have to be where my dance career ends. I don't have to stop here. Um, so that inspired me to go to a bunch of Panthers prep classes at the time, um, probably throughout my senior year. I graduated in 2020, so they didn't actually take um, new team members that year, but I did go to all the prep classes that they had. They usually had Panthers specifically had two to three, I believe, before auditions um, each year. And so then they didn't take a team 2020. I had some personal stuff going on in my family that caused me to opt out in 2021. I finally got my face in front of the judges in 2022, but it was a no for me that year. Um, and then this year I came back, I kind of took a lot of feedback from the past year of auditions and came to you with that feedback saying, I know I need to work on X, Y, Z. Um, I connected with a lot of vets on the team and said, hey, I know we all have a full plate at auditions, but is there any feedback that you could give me from last year that you noticed? Um, so I really think that what shifted for me in the last year was saying like, this is definitely something I want. I have been chasing it, but not necessarily with the same intention that I need to in the same direction. And um, once I did, it all worked out. Yeah, I love that story. It's definitely, like you said, not a, a perfect story, but I don't think anybody's story or journey is perfect, you know, like there's always going to be some bumps in the road um, and it happened when it needs to, right? And right. like like you said, it's all worth it. So I want to go back to you, um, talk, you mentioned that the fitness aspect originally when you were trying out for college teams intimidated you, but now you're a trainer. So how did you go from being intimidated to fitness to being a trainer for What's Kept Secret, which is by the yeah. way, the... <laughs> Sponsor for Top Cats, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so West Cap Secret is the official trainers of the Carolina Panthers Top Cats. Um, our CEO, Marissa West, actually was a Top Cat. Um, but yeah, it, it's very interesting. I kind of put dance on the back burner. I started in college working at Lululemon, of all places, as like a college side job to make some extra money. And they, the expectation with them was that like, okay, well, we're going to give you this employee discount on our clothes and you're expected to just go and, you know, go out to fitness classes and be out in the community wearing our clothes. Um, so that's kind of how it started, very unconventional. And I went to a bar studio that had like a grand opening, fell in love with it, um, took there for a couple months. And I said like, hey, would y'all like be interested in adding another trainer, operating experience, you'd have to train me. Um, but I really liked the way that it combined, that workout specifically combined dance, um, which had been something that had been a part of my life until college. Yeah. Um, and it combined fitness. And over time, working in the fitness industry, 
I kind of got more education on what health, healthy eating habits are, what a healthy workout schedule looks like. Um, but I did, I had a lot of insecurities about the way that my body looked. Um, the fact that I didn't come from a super active family. It's not like I played in, I like only cheered, only danced. So the idea of getting an eight minute mile in order to cheer on game day was super intimidating. I would run on the treadmill. I kid you not, this is so unhealthy. Don't recommend it. Um, but between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I would go to Planet Fitness of all places. And I would run for six miles every day, trying to like bump my speed up to get that eight minute mile pace. Ridiculous. Wow. And yeah, but you know, you don't know when you're doing that stuff, just trying to hit a certain goal that you're probably running yourself down and making your, your body more tired and less able to perform when you're doing crazy volume like that, just to fit a certain visual mold. Um, I remember I did talk to a girl when I considered auditioning as a sophomore for my college dance team. She had transferred in from another school and she, I said like, I don't know, like, do you think I like, I look okay. And she said, yeah, well, you know, they're not going to let you embarrass yourself in a two piece. And that sent me, I remember it to this day. Um, and I just was like, absolutely not. I can't, I can't. <sighs> so it's just crazy how over time, what used to be where I was super self-conscious about myself was with fitness. Now is like probably an area I don't think about as much because it's become so much of my lifestyle. And I think the industry has changed a lot too. I know specifically for Top Cats, um, from what I've, you know, seen and observed with our team is we're all prioritizing being healthy whatever that is for us individually um and however best we can show up as performers and do our job on game day it's not about looking a certain way or fitting some type of mold which i think is a beautiful evolution of the of the cheer industry as a whole oh yeah for sure i think a lot of times to that point like we're well in the past and still even today, pro cheerleaders are looked at as objects and they're yeah. just there, you know, to entertain for the, you know, for the male gaze or like, you know, whatever that is. But cheerleaders, they're actually smart. They, you know, I don't want to say actually, because that means that I hate to say that right. word, yeah. but they're smart. You know what I mean? They're smart and they have full careers and they are well-rounded individuals and not just there for, you know, just for you to look at. Yeah. Part of the job, you know, <laughs> but yeah. there's, there's more to it. So yeah. I, I even Westcraft comes in and does seminars with us about how can we fuel as athletes for game day? How can we make sure during our professional work week that we're getting enough electrolytes for game day? I mean, it has shifted to where we are treated as athletes as, you know, virtually probably should have always been treated, but yeah. I think, I think the paradigm is shifting and it's, and it's for the best, I believe. Yeah. And just for like young women, young girls look, looking up to you too. It's like, we got to get rid of all the eating disorders. Well, not get rid of, but you know, it's like, that's well, yeah. that becomes a problem too. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we do have to get rid of it. <laughs> um, I was right the first time. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how I, I remember cheering and some women didn't eat before game day. I'm just like, you're going to pass out. That's Isn't not that insane. just because they want to look good. And it's like, you will look good if you eat and you will feel good too. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy how, um, you know, the thought process was back then. I mean, some, yeah. sometimes it's still the thought process with some people. Right. So I, I like that it's shifting and it's turning more into being healthy and fit and, you know, being able to do the job as an athlete, because that's what you are. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned something. I can't, I can't remember what it was. It's going to come back to me though. But I remember you said that, so you grew up doing dance and cheer, but what I remember is you have more of a cheer background, right? A little bit. So I started dancing like as an itty bitty, probably age two or three, just with tap and ballet. And I did dance for, they added in, you know, jazz and musical theater as it came. My parents were really pushing me to go the musical theater route. Um, and I think long story short, they wanted me to either be a Radio City Rockette or like a Broadway star. So I did a lot of voice lesson theater. Um, and then when I got to like middle school and high school, I always was on the cheer team, um, both during middle school and high school. And I went to, uh, they didn't really provide any like tumbling lessons or anything of that type at my school specifically. So my mom would always take me to cheer extreme uh, for like private lessons and stuff. And I would, I remember being trying to learn like a back handspring with probably like 10 year olds in high school, but it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, I had a really like mixed background with dance. I didn't do competition dance, which again was like a source of insecurity for me when I was thinking about auditioning for pro teams, because that's something a lot of other girls have. Um, but you know, we all bring our own unique backgrounds and perspectives to things. And to be quite honest, I was never going to be a Radio City Rocket, unfortunately, if you haven't met me, I'm five feet tall. So it's like, what is the height requirement? Like five, seven or something? I like think that? it's super narrow. I think it's like, oh gosh, like five, six and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like probably like a two inch range. So you can't be too tall either. Yeah. Wild. But <laughs> five one was not going to cut it. <laughs> Even the highest heels. So, I still think about that when I get like long pants. I'm like, I could wear some high heels, but it's still like, oh, fix this. So. <laughs> so funny. So, but okay. So you did, you know, you did dance and you did kind of tumbling and all of that and cheer. So mm -hmm. what do you think was the hardest thing about training and getting back into it once you decided, hey, this is what I want to do. I didn't really, you said you didn't really dance in college. Mm -hmm. um, so how was, what was the hardest part there? Um, definitely. I say this and I don't say it in a way to be, <laughs> I understand relatively I am young and there are people that cheer forever and ever. I felt quote unquote old, not in the sense that, yeah. um, like age wise, but I, when I re-entered this world, I'd done some rec teams in college, but like nothing serious. Um, but I'm like, it has been so long since I have danced consistently on a consistent basis. Now I have a job. I have a dog I have to feed. I have rent I have to pay. When am I going to fit this in to my schedule while meal prepping, while working out, while doing all the other things and keeping all the balls in the air? I feel like it was so easy when you're living on your, under your parents' roof or in college where it's like, all right, well, I have time between class. I'll just go and dance with these people or I'll go to this class. And then when you're like an adult with responsibilities, it gets really tricky mm -hmm. to try to schedule that time in for yourself. Um, it is also, I've often found it hard to find classes that are at a high level as an adult. Um, mm -hmm. That was always a struggle, both in my hometown in Raleigh and as well, kind of in Charlotte, finding those adult dance classes that are going to be challenging um, for a pro level. And then I think the biggest thing was the consistency of it. It had just been so long. And remembering choreography is a part of my brain that just had not been tapped in a long time. <laughs> and I feel like re choreography retention really just comes from doing it often mm -hmm. and picking up new things all the time. And if it's not something that's been a part of your life for several years, 
that's hard to like retrain your brain to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did say, talked about your schedule being crazy before auditioning and I know your schedule is crazy now. So yeah. how do you find like, how to, how do you find how to fit everything into your, into your busy, busy schedule? Yeah, I, I did pull back with work a little bit. Um, I used to, I, I'm a crazy person before, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, work ethic is one of those things like I pride myself on, but I did usually work full days, Monday through Friday, and then usually a half day on Saturday mornings. I pulled back um, Saturdays because I actually have rehearsal usually most Saturday mornings. And then I, I took a half day on Fridays just to give myself space for picking up choreography before Saturday rehearsals um, and to just kind of have time to breathe, do any appointments that I need to for spray tans, nails, hair, all the things um, leading into like a game weekend. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's been one of those things where I've had to start putting blocks. If I see I have a cancellation in my day, I'll just put a block on it and say, I've got to like choreography time. Like I will block off my schedule when I know I need to focus on learning a dance. Um, if there's a couple of girls getting together to go over stuff before rehearsal, I'll try to get, you know, coverage if I need to, to get there, get to practice early. Um, but I think making myself more of a priority in my schedule has been a big shift I've had to make. I can't accommodate as many clients and last minute requests for schedule changes as I once was able to, but you know, you just have to kind of shift your perspective of how you're going to arrange your life and is cheer going to be a priority or is work going to be a priority. And this is something I've worked so hard for and waited for for so long that I have to prioritize, Mm -hmm. um, being a top cat sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say that I really am inspired by your work ethic in particular, (laughs) because when we were training together, when I was training you, I feel like you were focused and you were, you had your eyes on the prize and you were in it to win it basically. (laughs) And I just remember your schedule and I didn't know where, when you sleep, slept or how you slept during the week. It was, yeah. but I just, I admired that you were just so focused and that quite frankly, you were very, uh, organized. Yeah. So, um, th- so that's good to, to anybody that might not, you know, feel like they are fitting time into their schedule. Like if, if you can do it, <laughs> like anybody can do it yeah. because I say that to my clients too, like there's time. You just got to go find it. You got to find it. And putting it into your schedule is really important, like you said. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to actually make time for yourself and putting it actually on your calendar. Yeah. You don't miss yeah. It. And that's why working with you is so important for me. Even if we had to move things around or go late, I'm like, I will not. If I wasn't needing you to go work on X, Y, Z, I wouldn't have done it at home. I know myself. I wouldn't have done it on my own necessarily. Like yeah. having something on my calendar, someone that I'm going to go meet up with, someone whose time I'm also taking, mm-hmm. it was such a big accountability thing for me. That's why I believe in being a trainer. I believe other people need accountability for whatever their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that I don't know, had I not had scheduled routine set up times with you, if I would have even stuck to it on my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important, like to have that, that scheduled time. So uh, you mentioned um, earlier about your your parents wanting you to do gymnastics and uh, being a rocket, right? Yeah, yeah. So 
how do you, so I know, I don't know if, however you want to, to answer this, but did you get family support from, from your parents or from your family in general? And if you did, then that's great. If not, then how, like, how did you navigate that? Um, and then how did you, I guess on top of that, did you feel like you had to please what your, like you please your parents by doing what they wanted to do versus doing what you wanted to do truly? And I know as a kid, it's difficult to kind of, you know, put yourself in that mind space, but can you kind of talk about one, the family support and then two, how you felt like, you know, doing what you wanted? I think it's one thing. I know a lot of people go through this where they don't have support at home, whatever that looks like for the person. Um, I think I had mentioned my dad got really sick um, in 2020 and he ended up passing away in 21, which is why I didn't audition um, that year. I, I just was not in a good place for it. I think I did mention to him in 2020 um, when I was visiting him, like, hey, I think I'm going to audition for the Panthers. And he was like, that's really awesome. Um, and he was supportive. My mom was a little bit more of a difficult personality. Um, I don't know. I never felt comfortable enough to even tell her, to be honest, um, that it was a dream I was chasing. It was something that I was putting a lot of time and effort into. Um, so I don't, I don't quite know how she would have felt, to be honest, because I wasn't open enough to, or confident enough in myself, I guess, at the time to really open myself up to that potential criticism. And I think that's one thing I've had to learn um, since making the team is compartmentalizing and protecting my peace. And sometimes that means that you don't share everything with everybody. Um, and that's, that's okay. If it's going to keep you focused on your goals and the track that you're on, that might just be what you have to do. Not that keeping a secret feels good, but sometimes if you know that something would, if upsetting someone with a goal of yours is going to really throw you off track and it's going to get in your head, Boop, just put the walls up and then handle that once you've accomplished your goal. You can push it down the road if you need to. Um, I did, though, I will say at the auditions of 2022, um, I was in a relationship with someone that was not at all supportive. Um, and you think that you're tougher than that and then it won't get in your head, but it does. Um, and then this year uh, when I auditioned, I had a lot of crazy stuff go down in my personal life. Um, I lost someone very important in my family, like right before, like the week or two before auditions. And I was dating someone new at the time. And I said, I, I, I can't do this. I can't, I cannot go out there and learn stuff. My brain is going to be too, like, I don't know. I can't do this. And he looked at me and he said, Ariel, you've been working with Jasmine for the last several months. You've been working out like a psycho. You've been preparing and doing all this stuff. He said, you've done the homework. Just show up. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. He's like, you've done it. The work's already been done. Just show up. And to be quite honest, if I didn't have someone say that to me, I, I can't confidently say if I would have come to sit my finals or not. I was that worried. And my boss, Marissa, who I was a top cat in the past, she was like, whatever you want to do, I think you should go for it, but I'm not going to push you. Um, so it, it's crazy to think like if I didn't have that support this year. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if this would be where I'm standing right now. So mm -hmm. I think having a supportive background or a supportive family is super important, but it's not the end all be all. And you can find support from people that aren't your family. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know that there are so many women that I met in prep classes and through the Panthers have a prep clinic that you see girls back to back every year and people that are so excited to see that you came back. And you also know that all the vets that are on that team wanted to happen for you too. Everyone that has had that dream realized for them wants that to happen for the next generation of girls and guys that hope to be in their spot. So I think it's important to try to find support if you don't have it from the people that you want it from. You can always find it in other people and other places. You just have to look for it. Yeah. And like you said, it's kind of easy to sense who may support you and like who you can open up to and then kind of stay away from the people that you're like, oh, I don't know if I should tell them what I'm doing and I should probably just keep it to myself for a while and stay focused on what I need to do to reach this goal. So I think that's that's really interesting. And I think a lot of people can relate to to that because being a pro cheerleader, either people love it. They're like, oh, why? That's, that's really great. Or people are like, what? You should get a real job. So like, um, I mean, people have real jobs outside of that anyway, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people don't jobs on top of it, but yeah. yeah, people don't really believe in it or think it's, you know, over-sexualizing women and stuff like that. And a whole other list of issues that people are just make up in their heads. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate yeah. it. So you've given some advice already okay people that have already that have been listening are but what is one of the biggest pieces of advice that you would give to somebody that's wanting to audition for the team that you're on now or um, another pro team yeah I think something that really changed for me from 2022 to 2023 um was that not only did I ask for feedback um from the coach which our coach does uh, open up her door at the end of every audition season um, for feedback. So she says probably at the last day of finals, like if you want to come back and if this is something you really want, send me an email. I might not get to it for a couple months, but I will send you feedback to work on for next year. So my feedback, gosh, I'm like, how do I forget so quick? I think it was definitely working on choreography retention. That was something that I could admittedly improve on. Um, as I mentioned, it's hard for me to focus <laughs> with all the other things going on in life. Um, and then I actually was encouraged to reach out to vets for their feedback. Um, and I did that as well. And it's so funny to me when I think about, I reached out to um, someone on my team now. Um, she's actually a captain this year, Trika. And I said, hey, I felt kind of closer to her from what's coming from audition things. And I said, hey, I know we're all like crazy at auditions, but is there anything you would say for me to change this year from what I did last year? And her answer was something I had not even ooh, once thought about, like at all. Uh, she was like, yeah, I feel like you were very focused, which is great, but you need to talk to other people because this is a very social team and you need to get out and talk to more people at auditions and be really personable. And I was like, what? I feel like I'm going to get like off my game and I'm going to like get out, get, like, get out of my focus zone. And she's like, I know, but like as much as you can try to network while you're there, try to be out and about and talking to people. That's one of those things that like when you're in audition mode, you are so focused on what you were there to do and what your audition is going to look like. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about that. At least I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely say reaching out to vets for feedback, reaching out to alumni. I feel like I met you. I met Shelby um, through the audition processes last year. And then of course, a couple of rookies on the team as well. And I asked a lot of questions and I said, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this outfit what do you think about improving this if I you know had a video uh like my video audition I sent to you and to my boss Marissa um and said like is this good 
So I think bringing as many people into your journey, especially if you have a network of qualified individuals that know what your team is looking for, bring as many people kind of into your circle as you can to ask for feedback and be open to making those changes um, was super transformative for me and how I showed up at auditions this year. Yeah, that's awesome. And love Trika, one of my, one of my good friends. Uh, That's really, that's a really good piece of advice that she told you because when you're so focused, sometimes you get too focused to the point where you get nervous and then you start second guessing yourself or overthinking. And sometimes that can be bad. And when you're talking to somebody else, that's, that can take your mind off of it a little bit. You know, it's not going to take you you don't want to do it to the point where it's taking you all focus, where you're just lollygagging, talking to everybody. And you're just like over here, yeah. you know, it's just like, you have to be able to kind of do both, you know, like right. stay focused, but you can also talk to other people and get your mind off of things for a while. It's just like work in life, you know, like right. you're at work and then, you know, once five o'clock hits, you want to shut down your computer, you want to go socialize with your friends or something, you know, yeah. so you have to be able to, to do both. It's kind of like that. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's one of those things talking about support. There are not going to be a lot of people outside of that room at semifinals that understand what you're going through. There's just not. And you can have a supportive partner. You can have supportive parents. You can have friends that support you, but they don't know what's going through your head and how much choreography. Oh my gosh, I have to turn around by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. No one else is going to get you like the people in that room. And that's another support network that you can create right there at auditions. Yeah. It's a form of bonding too. It's like, I don't want to say trauma bonding, but that's the thing <laughs> coming up to my head. But like when you, maybe you're struggling on a certain part and you're talking to this person, maybe they're doing the same thing. And you're like, oh my gosh, me too. It's like, you know, you can find ways to kind of mitigate and like help each other too. So you're going through it together. It's like, you're not the only one in the situation that's yeah. you know, having trouble on this part. You, you right. have somebody else that also you can relate to um, and you can figure it out together. So. Yeah. so what qualities would you say it takes to become a pro cheerleader? So just in general, what, what kind of person do you think you have to be? And it, this could be qualities that you have or qualities that you've seen in other people. Yeah, I think, um, I don't think my journey is super unique in the fact that it required a lot of determination and a lot of focus. Um, Not everyone is lucky enough to make it on their first time. Most of us aren't, especially for highly competitive teams. Um, I would say determination. And the one thing that has been drilled, (laughs) at least for us, um, post making the team is compartmentalization. Um, Being able to say, okay, I have a full game day ahead. I only have one dance to focus on, and that is pregame. That's all I'm doing right now. Um, And being able to kind of block out and think through, like, I need to focus on where my feet are right here, right now. I didn't realize that that's something that I did during auditions. Um, But looking back, it took a lot of compartmentalization. I don't know how it was done (laughs) for me personally. Um, But it, it is a skill that I think would help with anyone's audition process because you have the prelims routine already in your head, but you're there at semifinals and you have to learn two in the next two days and perform it on Sunday. Um, also at finals for us, they do a media question that can be subjective, objective. It can have a right or wrong answer. It can have no right or wrong answer. And they're going to ask you that before you do your final dance with you and another person. So 
that's another aspect where like you have to just be focused on I'm doing this right now. Everything else doesn't exist. And then when you move on to the next step, you're able to go and do that. Um, and I think too, the other thing that I would say would be, I don't know if there's an exact quality report for it, but being a good teammate, um, I am clearly have a little bit of competitiveness in me, but there's a way that you can funnel that in a way that lifts everybody up. They um, say a rising tide lifts all ships. And I feel like that has been so true within our team dynamic. Um, I know one of, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been trying to get some tumbling skills back from my high school days, but mm -hmm. it's because one of my teammates started whipping out aerials on the sideline. I'm like, okay, all right, bet. <laughs> so, <laughs> that like getting fired up by other people's successes and then encouraging that in other people and letting that light a fire in you. Like I said, I don't know if there's an exact word for it, but I feel like that is something that I can foresee making my career as a pro cheerleader continue to just evolve and change and level up from year to year. Yeah. I think that's the word is level up. You yeah. See your, yeah. You see your, your teammates doing things and you're like, you're getting motivated by that and you want to, you know, be a good teammate and also contribute to the, the team by leveling up and doing, you know, what you need to do and just being a better dancer and all around, you know, just all around dancer in general. So yeah. I think that's great. Um, so I just want to know, I'm just curious, <laughs> what what brought you to work with me in particular and what was your biggest takeaway from the experience? So we did one-on-ones for everybody that's listening. Um, I did privates with, with Ariel and um, I think we did about 12 classes or 12 sessions or something like that, 12 to 16. But, um, and I saw your growth throughout that, those, those 12 sessions. And I, I'm just, am curious, what is the reason why you decided to work with me opposed to anyone else? And yeah, what was that biggest takeaway? Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, I wanted someone that had been on this, my dream team. Um, the only team I've ever really auditioned for has been uh, Top Cats. And you at the time, I think were like one season retired at the time. So, and you had worked under the same coach, which is another plus, uh, the same coach that I was going to audition for. Um, so having someone that had lived the experience that I was after was number one for me. Um, two, I knew you had a lot of great technical dance experience. Um, you did dance in college <laughs> at Chapel Hill and um, had a lot of uh, intricate dance backgrounds that you know, I hadn't focused on the hot second. So <laughs> that was important for me as well. And then I also just wanted to be able to quite honestly, like pick your brain, be like, what, what is a priority? What is not? Um, because we can all say, oh my gosh, my kicks are only to my nose and they need to be to my eyes. And, and you're someone that I can be like, is that really that important? And you can be like, yeah, or nah, not for this team. I think I asked you, I was like, I need to do flips and I need you turns in second. And you're like, well, we can try. We can <laughs> but I think the biggest priority would be X, Y, Z. So having someone that knows the team that you're auditioning for and can kind of help you take this overwhelm of like, I need to do all the things and be like, let's play to your strengths and let's get this to be the final package was something really important for me. And I also just wanted someone to be able to be like, before I submit this video, would you submit it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, and someone quite honestly, like in my network that knows what what the team might be looking for 
um, was super important to me and having an accountability partner that could best inform me as to how to show up that year for auditions. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Last question before we get into some rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you think set you apart for for the audition the second time around? What do you think it was that set you apart? Ooh, that's tough. I don't really think about that that often. Um, I'd like to say um, I feel like I came, I don't even want to say I came with more confidence this year because just life threw me a big curveball right before um, but I felt as though I had tried to stay involved with the team as much as I could between the no that I had gotten last year and auditions this next year. I did all year long, not just after auditions. And when the local TV show aired or whatever, I stayed on the Instagram. I stayed congratulating the girls. I commented on every Instagram post. I tried to make friends with people that did get a spot on the team that year. Um, like I said, I tried to network as much as I could with, uh, top cat alumni during that time. And I feel as though when I came into that audition space, I had kept up relationships with people I met last year. I went in with my training from you and having put myself in some group classes to where I wasn't as overwhelmed by audition day because mm -hmm. I put myself in kind of like mock situations leading up to that point. So, I felt like when I went into auditions this year, I was more comfortable for sure. I wasn't second guessing my outfit, which I have a whole story about that from last year too. I forgot about that, but <laughs> um, I wasn't second guessing my outfit, my look, whatever. I was able to kind of show up, say hey to people that I hadn't seen in a year um, and kind of go through it a little more relaxed. You're never fully relaxed at any point. So do not get me wrong, but you know, it's one of those things where you're like, all right, I've done everything in my power up to this point. Just got to show it off. And that's all I'm here to do. And whatever the answer is, it's what's meant to be. And it's all for the right reasons. And if it's not my year, it's not my year. But my gosh, I am proud of the amount of effort I put in this year. Yeah. And that's, that's, and I'm proud of you too, by the way, but yeah. that's, that's all that matters. Like you want to be able to look at yourself at the end of the day, no matter what, if you make the team or you don't make the team, you put in everything that you could have to to get you in the best spot, you know, best spot possible. And like you said, everything happens for a reason. Like it's all going to work out for your good. I think that was the quote that she said was your favorite quote, right? So yeah. you just have to trust the process. It's It can be a long process, but yeah. you know, there's a reason why things happen. So I remember having a complete breakdown in front of you and I was like what if I did all this and it was for nothing and you're like I remember yeah and I was like what if it's all for nothing and you're like it's not though and that's not up to you to decide right. like if you make the team or not that's not for you is what the work that you put in over the last however many months worth it we, like, we don't control the outcome, control the outcome. We, we control what we put in but we, we can't control the outcome like we have yeah. no way of knowing it's, if you if you pray to a God up above, <laughs> they control it. But, um, but yeah, like you said, that's super important. You can control how you feel about the work that you did going up and putting in beforehand. So yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to share before we get into some rapid fire? I guess not. Um, well, I do because you 
you know what? I, some people get embarrassed at how auditions go. And I had two embarrassing stories from that year from 2022. Um, one, wear your safety pins. Um, I did have a wardrobe malfunction at semifinals. So if it happens to you, I feel you. It is awful, but wear your safety pins on your garments and make sure that you practice in your dance attire, your audition attire before audition day. Um, I had, but things still went wrong. So just, you know, make sure you're snug. Um, and then for us, we had questions um, for finals and I did not answer my question correct <laughs> that year. So um, I would just say like, if stuff happens at auditions, just it happens to us all. I had some pretty embarrassing experiences. So you just had to kind of say, well, I won't do that again next year. Hey, you live and you learn and yep. probably not the only one. And, you know, people, oh, but, still, embarrassing, but yeah, it feels like it's your whole world when you're in it. So oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, good advice. Definitely have those safety pins. Safety pins. <laughs> Safety pin that top, girl. Uh-huh. Awesome. Okay, so we are, well, actually, I wanted to ask one more question. Okay. Um, you kind of touched on, like, how you like being on the team this year, but what would you say is the best part about being a top cat? Oh, gosh. From your Selfish, experience. Selfishly, I say game day. Game day is where you are on that field with your teammates and it is just so exciting. I pinch myself probably every time, every time I'm out there. Cause I'm like, is this real? I, it just is so awe-inspiring and being on that field with a full stadium, you feel so small in the best way. Um, but I would also say second to that is having a team full of people that are sharing that experience with you. And it's such a rare thing because to be quite honest, if you think about all the NFL teams that have a cheer team and then how many people are on those teams, there is a very small amount of people that will ever have that experience with you and that will ever understand that feeling and understand that adrenaline that you get when the lights come on and you go out for a game. Mm -hmm. So having a network of teammates, friends um, that also love that rush and that understand that with you it's just it's so special yeah it's awesome you're in a secret yeah. club huh. <laughs> it's like you're in like a special little club of people yeah yeah that's so true not a lot of people get that experience yeah okay. awesome um no thanks for sharing that so okay so we're going to get into some rapid fire and it's just a fun little game where i say something pro cheer dance related and you just have to spit out whatever comes to mind. Okay. 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 So, and I didn't give these questions to her beforehand, everyone. So it's just <laughs> from the top. Okay. So number one, I'm going to start at the bottom. Okay. What is your best memory from pro cheer or dance so far? Monday night football coming out for our pregame we had all the fireworks and pyrotechnics that that night and it was a full stadium on a monday night there were nfl film crews everywhere and it was just the energy was next level national television was it national television right i think so yeah, yeah. wow yes i, I oh, love these games 
I, I feel like all of us were literally shaking in our boots, but yeah. we were super excited. Yes. Oh my God. Different. Yep. Okay. Favorite dance movie. Mm, dance movie. Okay. This really doesn't count, but I would say high school musical. That's a dance movie for sure. <laughs> it's not like bringing it on, but like, eh. Really? I, like I used to do the little. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in this there's a lot of dancing in that so I would say it's a dance all the high school musicals really bring it what was it Kenny Ortega was the choreographer for all this yes that's a name that brings me back to my childhood but yes I think he was so huge at the time that was he yeah was. Was too, but yeah <laughs> and he was the, he was the choreographer yep yeah wow it makes me want to watch those movies oh my gosh they were so good <laughs> uh it was yeah so much hype around those mm -hmm. all right your favorite dance song this is just because it's at the top of my brain this week we were learning for delicious Ooh, so, for delicious. oh my gosh <laughs> it's i can't tell it so much but it's cute yeah let's wait maybe i'll see that dance mm. <laughs> and then you'll find it <laughs> yes okay your favorite music video uh ooh. like music videos aren't really a big thing these days because you remember the days of trl and you know 106 and park and all like the you know music video shows you know what i mean but they still yeah. do them, like, i, I, I honestly them. cannot think of a music video that comes to my mind is that bad no i don't really look at music videos well, these days. or if you think I, about one like when you're growing up maybe I really didn't watch music videos. Um, I was doing a Peloton run the other day though and someone was describing the Britney Spears one with the snake. That sounds cool. I'm a slave for you. I love that one. Yeah. Love that. I listened to that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite choreographer, if you have one. Uh, Chandelier, but <laughs> my coach. <laughs> your favorite place you visited in your dance career. Ooh, um, back when I was in college, I worked for an event company that did like corporate events and like pop up, like flash pumps and stuff. And there was, this sounds so crazy. I have forgotten about this. We, there was a Golden Corral corporate event in Nashville. And we did like a mashup of like a bunch of country songs. Yeah, anyway, we went to Nashville. Okay. Conference and we did like this whole country mashup and like these little fringe outfits. They were very cute. I've never been to Nashville and I, I want to go so bad. Yeah. Like a good time. All right. Your favorite dance move currently. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, I've been known for a high kick on the sidelines. So I would just say some high kicks for sure. Yes. And I must say, okay, so sometimes I'm at the games and <laughs> I must say you bring the energy, Ariel. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> listen to this, but I definitely give you some snaps when I when I I've seen you on the sideline. So thank you. Um, yes, keep the high kicks. <laughs> I love the herkies too. <laughs> thank you. Um, your favorite hype song before a game? Um, not uh, not PG, but Game Day by Boulevard. Game Day by Boulevard. I don't think I've heard that one. I think you have. It's a Marissa West signature. I feel like. Really? Okay. I probably heard it then because I like the one with the band like the da, 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 da. oh 
okay, yes. Yes, okay, yes, okay. I never knew the name of it, but I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite dancer or performer of all time? Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. No one's popping up. Favorite dancer? I definitely have some. Oh, you know what? I would say Whitney Carson on Dancing with the Stars. I love her. I don't know why. I just love her. His name sounds familiar. Really like big blonde hair. Yeah. Ballroom dancer. I could just watch her forever. Yeah. Ballroom dancers like so, are so amazing. The way that they like their, body their bodies. Yeah. It's so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite go-to post-game meal or snack? Mm, I usually save either like a brownie or a chocolate chip cookie from like lunch or dinner and have that afterwards. I, I will say though, I'd be lying if I didn't say I like love a McDouble every once in a while after a oh. hard dance. Yes. Yeah. You burn all those calories in a game. <laughs> like I love McDouble. Oh my gosh. Just thinking about it. But yeah. I only, only let myself have them. I am still a trainer. So clients, it's <laughs> <laughs> a while. But I'm like, oh, after a long game, those fries, cheese. Oh. Yeah. yeah every once in a while is fine you can't do that every day no but oh when when you have it oh it's so good so good <laughs> got my mouth water watering I know right <laughs> your favorite way to energize before a game um that's an interesting question I've had a problem some might say with energy drinks in the past um I like for work would sometimes like crush like two or three in a day so not good don't recommend it I've pulled back a lot on my caffeine intake I'll usually just have my two cups of coffee in the morning um but on game days only I will allow myself a celsius that's okay all. but so, I've limited myself now since I got a little too crazy to get <laughs> so love celsius so good your favorite dance related memory that comes to mind? Um, this one, oh gosh, it might make me cry. Um, I remember just being on stage for dance recitals for plays and everything. And I could always, both my parents wore glasses. And I remember I would always look out when I was doing whatever and probably not paying attention to whatever I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, but I would try to look for the reflection of their glasses from the stage lights out in the stands or out in the auditorium or wherever when I was growing up so that would probably be like one of my core memories and I you know oh gosh yeah it can make me cry just thinking about it oh I love that it's like that's definitely one of those memories where it's like very specific to you and you just like no, people might not understand it you know what I mean yeah. like it's just you you see the reflection of the glasses and it's like it's etched yeah. in your oh, there they are. I see them. they're out there yeah. yeah oh that's so amazing I love that Okay, and then last one is your favorite style of dance. Mm, probably it's a cross between musical theater and palm. I do best with like sharp, controlled on the beat. Mm-hmm. I'm working on my like my my hip hop groove, but I can be a little stiff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anything that is stiff and it's supposed to be stiff, I'm great at, but and I enjoy doing. But I'm working on loosening up. So we're working on it. <laughs> so they actually didn't talk at to do like a musical theater type dance for auditions this year. Yeah, we did. Um, 
it was ease on down the road. And I, let me tell you, lived, lived for it. <laughs> it wasn't going to make the field, but it was um, from the way is the ease yeah. on down the road. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's up your alley, right? <laughs> yeah. That was like one of those things. So I was so excited to like learn at auditions because I was like, oh, this one, the other, the other few, I don't know, but this one I'm going to crush. <laughs> Yeah, it okay. always feels good when you have one that you're like, this is my jam. Yeah. And last year it was um the one with the revolving splits on the floor. Oh gosh, yeah. But see, everyone else, like this year, whenever it comes up, they're like, oh gosh, I hate that one. I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. It's so sure. like hard, stiff, boom, boom, yeah. boom. Oh. I really like that dance. There's that always dance. a curveball at auditions. That's so yes, that I've noticed. Always <laughs> a curveball. Yeah. One year I remember we did, I think we had to do like a catch hold turn and people were freaking out. And I like, I was fresh out of college and I was just like, I was on dance team and I was like, damn, I had that. That's no, it's a no brainer. I was like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> but I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh. So it's always a curveball. Yeah. I have actually heard about that year in the locker room from people that auditioned that year. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard horror stories. <laughs> from it. Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking for me. It wasn't as bad as, I, you know, people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, hey, just be prepared for anything. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Ariel. This is really fun. I really appreciate you joining us today and Absolutely. sharing your story. Um, and congratulations again on everything and yeah. good luck on everything to come. I know we're probably, you're probably in the middle of the season right now. It's probably like, yeah, yeah. This next game will be our halfway point. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I am so proud of you and I'm glad that you're enjoying everything and just keep it up, girl. Thank you so much. And thank you for helping me along the way as well. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning into the Imperfect Cheerleader podcast. Taking the time to listen while you're busy with all of life's responsibilities means the world to me. If you enjoyed this episode, here are a few ways you can support ICP. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you always get newly released episodes and never miss them. Number two, take a screenshot of the episode you listened to and tag at the professional cheerleader on Instagram. We love to repost your tags and shout you out in our stories. Number three, write a review. This is the best way to show your support for the podcast and helps us bring on even better guests, interviews, and topics. I hope you have a wonderful day, morning, or night, wherever you may be, and are continuing to work towards your goals of becoming a professional cheerleader, dancer, or just someone who loves to move. I'll see you later on another episode of the Imperfect Cheerleader Podcast. Remember, stay frosty, friends. Toodles for now.